thanks again for joining us today. And uh, my name is Tim Risbin. I'm the um, the RSM Regional Manager for, for Woody Corps uh, Division East. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we have a, a new uh, a new partner here uh, that's going to start doing all the uh, podcasts with us. Uh, his name is Spencer Bliss from our West Coast Division. And uh, so, uh, Spencer, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Tim, thanks for bringing me in. My name is Spencer Bliss. I'm actually from California. I uh, currently live in Ventura, California. I've been a contractor for 20 years, and for the last two years, I've worked for Weedy. And um, yeah, I cover all of California and Nevada, and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. I'm glad, glad to have you on, and uh, looking forward to hearing your perspective on a lot of these things, especially you know, having the, um, the contractor experience, of course, now a couple years in with Weedy on, on that side, too. I mean, you know, definitely gives you a much, much better perspective, um, you know, for, for a lot of these applications that really tie into a lot of our customers. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. Cool. So, yeah, so today we're, we're going to talk about steam showers, uh, something that's that's fun and, and uh, that we we do quite a few of here at Weedy. And um, we have uh, some some new products uh, to also help with uh, overcoming a lot of the challenges. Um Spencer, what, what do you think are some of the challenges uh, that a lot of guys face today with, uh, with steam showers? Well, with steam showers, the way that the traditional method was, is was doing the um, traditional, you know, deck mud with floating the walls and then putting an epoxy over it. And the problems with that is there's so much uh, vapor emission off the epoxy that literally you're clearing the house or the residents from their house for a couple of days because of the emissions. So that was one of the challenges basically doing it, plus the time it takes to actually make a steam shower, a traditional steam shower, because you have your deck mud, you have floating the walls, scratching and browning, and then you have to put your topical, which is your epoxy coating over the top of it, just to prep it for becoming a steam room capable shower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different methods for sure. I saw some of the the TCNA uh, where you're actually putting a more of a... um, like a vapor barrier in the walls behind cement board, something like that, right? Um, and, and tacking those to the walls, to the ceiling as well, not even using an epoxy, um, but just, just a different method. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of different options in, in today's market. Um, but not all of them are, are really great for steam, you know? Um, and and uh, I guess I'll talk a little bit about uh, something I, I heard um, a guy named Gerald Sloan, who used to be an NTCA ambassador years ago, a director uh, that was uh, teaching classes. And he, he put it into perspective a little bit, you know, and, and they said, you know, this is why waterproof products are not uh, to be used with steam. And then they're really, they won't stop the steam. He said, think about the water molecule being the size of a volleyball. And if you throw it out a volleyball net, and um, it stops it. So that's water and waterproofing. But when you turn water into steam it's more like turning that that volleyball into let's say golf balls or tennis ball and you throw it at the volleyball net and it goes right through it so that's a good analogy anyway to kind of show why um you know steam would actually go right through your waterproofing the the net on the steam uh, or the vapor barrier is tight enough to stop steam but on waterproofing it really is just large enough to stop the water molecule correct correct So what what other what other challenges um, besides like the timeline and, and the epoxy uh, putting that epoxy coating uh, on top of that that brown scratch coat you were talking about uh, would you say might be something that we should discuss as far as like um, just just some some concerns or things with steam that we have to consider where maybe we don't have to as much with a, a standard shower. 
so with the with the steam rooms you know you have a lot of variables that come into it because it's not a traditional typical shower as you said it's compressed gas so Mm -hmm. with the compressed gas comes more uh could be problems if the actual shower isn't done in done correctly so having that you know those vapors that pop through it's much like taking that soda bottle and you just drink it normally it's fine but once you shake it it's an explosive gas that's the same idea as you were saying with the net that Mm -hmm. turns into vapors so having that little pinhole in a normal shower, yeah, it'll create some damage, but that same pinhole in that shower in a steam room will create havoc. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So that's, yeah, the big, so that's the biggest part of it is basically trying to find, you know, a, a way to make it steam room proof that isn't mm-hmm. time consuming. But most of the modern technology out there or the way that you used to do things is so time consuming. That's mainly what eats up the contractor's time. Oh, yeah. And there's a, a lot of stuff to consider, right? Like, for instance, uh, somebody using stone in a steam room versus tile or glass. Um, you know, obviously, with uh, materials like, like uh, the, probably the best thing you put in a steam room would be something like, uh, um, you know, a porcelain tile or rectified tile, right? Something that's, that's strong, that's not going to have much absorption of water, if anything. Um, obviously marbles, travertines, those types of things, good looking products, but you know, there's going to be a lot of movement, right? A lot of, it's going to be hot for a while, then it's going to get cold and, and so forth. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of high stress on, on those type of materials, probably not the best thing. Plus they, they discolor, right. With, uh, with, with time, maybe, um, maybe are in the market where the, the water's uh, softer or harder and, you know, you could have issues there as well with some discoloration uh, from, from your materials. Plus, you know, especially with travertine, in my experience where you have like high contents of iron and things like that, you might have some of that, that orange uh, minerals actually coming out and efflorescence a little bit on, on, on your products as well that, that you might not find as much in a shower, but you definitely would see that more in a steam room, I think. And then, Cor- um, correct. Correct. That's exactly what natural stone does. It ends up tinting mm-hmm. itself when it gets not uh, absorbed to the water molecules and all that stuff. Oh yeah. 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 And what I tell you, when I first uh, started working for Weedy, I, I found out uh, that the ceiling had to be pitched two inches per foot as uh, as an industry standard. I, I had no idea uh, prior to that when I, when I had done steam showers myself, uh, I hadn't gone through that training. So a um, couple out there that, that don't have steam uh, or that don't have pitched ceilings, but uh uh, very important. And um, do, do you know why that is? Well, the main reason is because if you're sitting there inside the steam room, you don't want the water drops to actually fall on you. So yeah. allowing that pitch, it actually allows it to go to one side instead of actually having the water, you know, droplets fall on you. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a standard for that two inch pitch per every foot. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to get burned. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, what what about grouts and thin sets for a steam room? You know, the grouts and thin sets, um, most of the time I was using epoxy uh, grouts for most of the, the floors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But each the way that the thin sets and the grouts actually are coming out, it's, you know, best to reach out to the grout and thin set specialists to talk to them because there's so many new products out there that are actually steam room rated and specified for steam rooms. So when you get into that, it's, you know, it always resorts back. What is the tile manufacturer going to recommend? as far as for a steam room, because, yeah. you know, we can recommend, you know, use this grout or this, this thing, but what we say doesn't really matter because as contractors, we should be reaching out to, you know, people that actually are experts in it. 
like if someone asked me a weedy question, yes, I would be able to answer that. But if they asked me a question about, you know, a different product, it's kind of hard to answer expertise because I don't actually have that, you know, background in it. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a good recommendation that, you know, when you come to that steam room thing, it's whatever stone you buy or, you know, tile you buy. Um, I say stone because a lot of people just get different tiles because they look pretty. But then mm-hmm. again, you have a lot of, you know, complications that come with that. But whatever tile or stone you go with, it's always reach out to that manufacturer and say, hey, what do you recommend? This is what I'm doing. Um, what would be the best product to adhere and to grow out your stuff with that will be capable for a steam room? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, and there's a lot of good products out there. Um, I, I know epoxy thin sets actually can double as epoxy thin set and grout. So it's, it's, a, colored, um, it's a colored grout, basically but it doubles as thin set and grout. So, any, you know, if you're working with, let's say, glass tiles in a steam room, something along those lines, you, know, you might want to want to consider that. Um, but, yeah, for sure, always always should uh, have a conversation with the manufacturer because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just going and buying a, a cheap thin set doesn't necessarily, um, doesn't necessarily always meet the code, right? Correct. Um, you know, and those uh, ANZ 118.3 epoxy mortars, really probably the best. Um, and again, yeah, we'll always have that conversation with your, your distributors. Um, I'll tell you one other thing I, I find a lot is, is a lot of guys aren't really using expansion joints. Um, of course, uh, you know, most steam showers, especially commercial or larger, but even in residential, it seems like guys aren't putting them in and, um, they really should have a, uh, uh, an expansion joint, at least every feet, every eight feet, uh, in, in the bathroom, um, and also, uh, you know, obviously your, your, your change is a plane. You still have to, to follow the, the guidelines there, right? You should put a soft joint, you know, wall-to-wall connection, wall-to-ceiling, wall-to-floor. I mean, that should all be, um, should all have soft joints. And especially even more so, right, in the steam room where you're going to have just tons of heat all day. It gets cold at night. You're going to have a lot of expansion contraction. You're going to have to put those things in. Correct. And if you actually refer to the, NT, or the TCNA handbook, the, mm-hmm. the EJ-171 pretty much lays that all out, what the specific, specifications are for joints needed. Yep. Awesome. And, and just so everybody knows, what does the, um, what's, what's the TCNA? Tile Council of North America Handbook for Ceramic, Glass, Stone, and Installation. Awesome. Yep. So the, the TCNA is, is the... Um, just so if you're listening and you're not really sure what, what that is, um, the TCNA is a tile council in North America. Um, and basically it's, it's an organization that works with, um, uh, well, manufacturers as well as the, in conjunction with like the CTDA um, and the NTCA. And a lot of these companies, organizations get together and have hold meetings also with ANSI um, to really kind of work towards finding solutions for issues that they find in the industry, right? Where there's, there's a problem and they, and they need to find a, a solution, really cre- maybe create a standard at that point uh, where there needs to be one, so. Correct. Yeah. Cool. So um, so now I think, you know, obviously uh, we're talking to everybody about uh, steam showers and, and now there's some things that people have to consider, right? Mortars, they have to consider uh, the tile, uh, the layouts, all that kind of stuff like that. Um, so what, what are some things, uh, obviously it's being a weedy podcast. Um, what would you then say, um, uh, Spencer is, is maybe weedy's offering to, you know, have solutions for all, all of those, uh, challenges. 
Well, there's a lot of solutions in using the foam-based backer board, especially Weedy. Um, we're the only company out there that actually has a certification and quality assurance. Um, basically, we're also the only company that's been tested with the ASTM E96 method that basically achieved the PERM rating of 0.3, far exceeding the TCNA requirements. So being the only company out there that's been tested, and where that means is it actually was tested at the weakest part, which is the seams, butt joints, and screws, that it passed. And so mm-hmm. having, having something that's lightweight, easy to actually manipulate, easy to cut, um, easy to manufacture, having that at your system is a lot you know, simpler, and it's a lot faster to go up as well. You don't have to worry about the waterproofing since our foam core is the waterproofing. It's already got the external component of the membrane on top of it that actually is the perm rating for the steam. On top of that, the system basically is so customizable that you can literally customize it with, you know, something as simple as a utility knife or a handsaw right there on the job site. You're not creating the silica dust. You're not having to, you know, mix cement or mix with epoxies. Since everything's all inconclusive with the board, it makes it really simple to actually manufacture and put that board up. Awesome. And like we can use that on seats too, right? Seats and, and any kind of like maybe curved walls or any, any that kind of like special designs you might see in steam rooms. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's special ways that you can actually curve the back of the board to, you know, go around curved walls. We have the two-inch board, which is our building board. The two-inch board itself is amazing because you can literally make pony walls out of it, uh, bench seats, so forth and so have you. Um, Again, the system in itself is highly customizable. So whatever you can dream of, Weedy System can actually contend or, um, you know, contour to whatever your design is. Mm. Cool. And... um... Well, what about the steam unit? Uh, any recommendations as far as like location or, or anything like that? Well, the steam room in itself, um, as far as location, I mean, it's becoming really popular. When I was a kid, you know, growing up, you, if you wanted to go to a sauna or a steam room, you'd have to go to the local YMCA or, you know, some kind of gym or something like that. It's becoming mm-hmm. so popular now that he actually people in HOA complexes actually have a clubhouse with a steam room in it as well as apartment complexes. But more beneficial is since it's becoming so easy, it's actually for everyday residents or, you know, homeowners, they can actually put one in their own shower. Yeah. And it's as simple as, you know, switching out the regular standard boards that we have with our Vapor 85. There are more components to go together to make the actual steam room itself. But you have the ability for a, you know, slight increase on going from a normal shower to actually convert it to a steam room. Now, the only catch is, yes, you have to have generators and there are certain components that go into the system itself, which can become expensive. But if you actually do your homework on it and shop around, they're actually not that bad. They're anywhere from, you know, two to ten thousand dollars, depending on the different kind of units that you want. But Hmm. you can actually do a steam shower relatively pretty inexpensive. And the benefits of having one in your home is it's yours. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, talking about the generators, uh, a couple things that, you know, obviously most generators are going to be manufactured for more commercial use. You know, they don't necessarily make them for, you know, as small of a shower of, let's say, a three foot by three foot, you know, eight, eight foot tall, you know, and, and you got X amount of cubic feet. Typically, they're, they're really designed for a much, much larger space. 
Um, and so, you know, what I find is that actually with the residential uh, steam rooms, um, you're going to end up with more pressure because those those steam units are really not designed for the smaller rooms, but they'll definitely, you know, maintain and, and you know, the customer can turn them off and on as often as they like, but they still end up with, with a lot more pressure. Um, I, I do know that, uh, you know, some manufacturers don't really uh, think that uh, residential steam rooms necessarily need the same, the same products as maybe a commercial steam room. Um, but from my discussions with, uh, with several manufacturers that, that produce steam generators, it actually is quite the opposite where you'll find, you know, more pressure, more, you know, PSI in a, uh, in a residential steam room than you would with a commercial. The only difference is, is that the commercial might run longer. Cause like you said, maybe it's in a clubhouse at an HOA or, or something like that, um, where, you know, it's going to be used all day long for a lot of people and the, and the residential might be used for less time, but it seems like the PSI though is actually a lot higher, um, in, in those areas. And, um, also with the steam generator, you know, you, you always want to have that steam generator close, uh, typically within like six feet or so of the actual shower should be one straight pipe, um, with, if anything, either level or just under level uh, flush or I'm sorry, uh, pitched actually a little bit towards the shower. So any water build up in there can flow towards the shower and actually come out of that, that steam pipe as well. Um, do you have any tips for us on, on how to, how to actually install the steam pipe into the, the vapor fly board from Weedy? Well, I think the biggest tip is, is most people don't know when you actually penetrate through the actual board, there needs to be an insulation around that pipe. Because that pipe can actually come out, you know, very high, like at a 200 degree, you know, temperature and mm. allowing that insulation. There's actually a steam room rated insulation that should go around that pipe. So it doesn't actually melt the, uh, you know, the wall, the drywall, um, the stucco, if you're coming through the exterior or, you know, the foam itself. So, so having that pipe actually wrapped in the installation is a requirement of weeding. But it's also beneficial because it actually keeps that steam in there too, to let it ex- and let it, instead of letting it escape from the pipe. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, what about um, on the floor? Does the the shower base ever need to get any kind of uh, uh, vapor products? So you know, in a commercial application like you were talking about, it's it's run a lot more. So you picture mm-hmm. twelve hours a day, seven days a week. So there's a lot of exposure to steam. So in that instance, yes, a, uh, what we have is a subliner dry membrane sheeting that would actually need to be applied to the pan itself. In a mm. residential, it's not necessary because you're only using it maybe one to three times, say you use it five times a week, but you're mm. not using it 12 hours a day. If you are, I want your job because that's going to make my, make my life really, really fun. But the thing is, is you only use it for a couple hours. And so using mm-hmm. it for a couple hours, it's not really going to do anything to that pan. So it's not uh, necessary or, you know, needed by the warranty of Weedy in a residential complex. Gotcha. And um, so my understanding is, too, is if, if the, the, the base is, is located on, let's say, on concrete, on uh, ground or below, below grade, ground level or below grade it would actually still need that regardless or residential or not would still need it just because it, it has a cold slab basically um that, that you're working on there so if you're on a curbless um, application absolutely mm, yeah yeah awesome um and any other tips or tricks you have 
You know, really the only other tips or tricks that I could have is using the Weedy system. Um, a couple things. It's basically going to give you a system that's insulation. Uh, it's made out of foam, so it has the insulation properties. The pans, you know, doing the old traditional deck mud pans, you're having to, you know, deal with the sloping and all that stuff. By using the Weedy pans, it's already pre-pitched a quarter inch per every foot. So there's no guessing. It's just basically ready to go after it's been modified to fit your shower. Um, the whole system itself is whatever you can dream of or design. It, again, can contour to that design. There is no shower too large or too small to actually put a weedy system in. And as an old contractor, the last five years of my business, I strictly used weedy just because I was able to actually train guys in three hours versus three years. That was a huge, you know, thing for me to actually gain beneficial for me because it saved my money. It's mm-hmm. also a liability reducer too, because, you know, 80 pound bags of deck mud, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when your back's going to give out or a guy's going to get hurt. Now you're looking at workman's compensation. Having a lightweight foam-based system, you no longer have to worry about some guy getting injured because he's carrying up, you know, too heavy of bags or, or what have you. Having the system lightweight, it's easy to manipulate, easy to carry, especially when you're going up a flights of stairs because, you know, every time that I was doing showers, most of the time it was on second floors and carrying, you know, mud up and down. It's just really tenacious on your back. So over yeah. time, you know, you can get injured. So having a system that's lightweight, it's able to cut actually in a five by five bathroom where there's no cement or silica dust, being able to manipulate the board to any design. You know, those are all benefits as a contractor to, or were to me that, you know, ultimately turned me on to Weedy in the first place. <clears throat> I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Those are all great advantages using the product, uh, especially over traditional type methods for sure. And look, uh, you know, if you guys are listening and, and especially if you're new to tile uh, before you dive into a steam room, you know, reach out to your local rep for sure. Get some get some information. Uh, again, not only the manufacturer for, let's say, weedy products for your, your vapor proofing for your shower uh, to prepare it properly. But, you know, uh, like, like we were saying earlier, reach out to your thin set manufacturer, reach out to your tile manufacturer. You want to have these conversations because. Um, you know, typically uh, to do a steam shower, you, you got to have some skills. You, know, you, you, you should probably be a little further in your career before you start attempting uh, steam showers. But uh, if not, I, I would highly recommend uh, reaching out and, and making sure that you have a good understanding of what products to use and, and how they really uh, will work in that steam shower to make sure that you have a, um, you know, successful install. So, um, but no, that, that's all great. And uh, yeah, Spencer, th- thank you for, uh, being a part of this and um looking forward to uh to the uh, to the next podcast and um yeah so um do you want to give out maybe your information uh, so that uh, these guys can reach out to you in your if they're in your territory sure so um i could be found on you know facebook under uh weedy's california nevada uh spencer i'm also on instagram weedy california nevada spencer my email address is Spencer, S-P-E-N-C-E-R dot Bliss, B-L-I-S-S, at WeedyCorp.com. And I also could be reached by phone, 714-294-6686. Again, 714-294-6686. Awesome. All righty. Well, thank you again. And uh, thank you, everyone, for, for joining in and, um, and listening to a little bit about steam showers. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Take care.